This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, every way. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with another incredible episode for you this Monday. We're going to talk about the Caps' rocky start and uh, what is going to be in the in the cards for him this week. Uh, as you know, if you're an OG here, Monday we'll do the week in review. We talk about you know what happened last week with the Washington Capitals, league news, things like that. Thursday I'll generally try to bring in a uh, interview or you know just pontificate mindlessly at you. So you know you're welcome. But actually, this Thursday, we have Samantha Pell joining us for uh, our Thursday episode. It's it's a really good one. Um, it's already recorded and in the books, so hope you tune in then. But for now, let's pop some tabs and get going. One, two, three. All right. So some, uh, some follow-up on some things that we talked about last week uh, on Monday. Ian Cole was well there was a t- anonymous twitter post calling out Ian Cole saying that he was grooming minors uh for sexual abuse and the investigation that the NHL launched uh came up empty and he's been reinstated to the Tampa Bay Lightning um the justification that the league gave for this was that they couldn't find the accuser which was a big deal they did investigate and interview Ian Cole several times along with everyone else that may have had pertinent information on that. Um, I guess it just came up empty. Uh, the NHL released a short statement on their website that you can check out. You know, it's just kind of, uh, uh, to them a big nothing burger. Um, so I'm not really sure like what, what to say. I mean, I get how victims wouldn't want to come forward, make themselves known. But it does seem like a lot of effort, uh, generally, I guess, to put an anonymous, you know, a brand new, make a brand new Twitter account, do that one post, and then let that be out there when it seems like that person just wanted to, like, share, but also was probably looking for a little bit of justice, or I'm not really sure what the what the uh, person if true was, was trying to accomplish there, if they wouldn't come forward and, you know, still remain anonymous or at least like get to the bottom of it. <clears throat> I'm not, uh, so it's, it's just kind of a, a weird thing. I'm, I'm not sure what is going to come of it. Obviously, you know, last week I said, this would explain a lot as to why Ian Cole never really finds a, finds a permanent home. Uh, even though his on ice product isn't bad. Uh, I mean, I think the big thing which kind of a lot of people are let down on is that, like, uh, if this is true, obviously we want to see justice served, right? Like, it's not, it's not at all good that if this is true, this happened. So, um, I think there's just a lot of people left empty-handed on this one, which sucks. So, that's that, at least for now, um... I hope it's not true. I hope that it was just somebody trolling. Uh, but at the same time, if it is true, uh, which again, no evidence that says that that's the case, that it's true at all. Um, you know, if it is, I'd love to see justice served. But as of right now, I'm not going to get that. Ian Cole is back in the lineup. 
moving on to some more league news, though. The NHL is actually going to air 41 games in Europe. Uh, I'm glad to see that the TV contract and the NHL marketing department is actually making some pretty good moves and trying to spread the game. That's always a good thing. Um, I'm not sure where exactly, but they just said Europe. So, cool. Uh, hopefully that's a revenue generator of some sort. <clears throat> Spencer Knight making an impact in Florida with an early submission for save of the year on Jeff Skinner. You know, of course, Buffalo, of course, had to be on you, had to be on you, Jeff Skinner, specifically. Uh, what a save. Cross crease, you know, kind of a, a failed clearing attempt by Florida on the half boards. Puck gets worked in. All of the forwards touched it. Uh, gets worked into what was already a great shooting opportunity. It gets shoved across crease to Jeff Skinner, Jeff Skinner, who's breaking in and just fails to bury. It gets gloved down by Spencer Knight. I mean, that was a statement save, to say the least. So, uh, like I said, early submission for save of the year. Something I, I saw I thought was weird. What the fuck is The Rock doing in Toronto? Uh, I don't know if he's got, like, people there or was filming there or whatever. Uh, as you know, he's got... Uh, or as you may know, he's got this new movie called Black Adam coming out, and it looks pretty good. But uh, he did a like a a pump up sesh for the Maple Leafs fans in Toronto. Um, totally random and weird, and that's hockey for you, I guess. So I just want to know what he's doing in Toronto. Weird. Um, some contract news: Sandheim signs an eight-year, fifty million dollar contract with Philly, who is absolutely cooking right now. I don't think they've lost a game yet. Everybody had them being the basement dweller of the Metropolitan Division, along with the Isles, who I also believe are are doing pretty good. Uh, Just a weird, weird set of events that have happened this early campaign for a lot of teams across the league. Moving on to some injuries already in this season, we've had some pretty big ones. Matt Murray of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Slated to probably be their starter or at least fight Samsonov for the position uh, on LTIR for at least a month. Uh, Toronto looks to probably bring up some young stud from their farm system. Uh, They've got a lot of different options in the goaltending position right now, it seems. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But for now, it looks like Ilya Samsonov is going to be their number one. Um, Capstones, we know how that's turned out in the past, so... Uh, look at judging from Ilya's performance against us, he's still prone to those leaky goals. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Maple Leafs Twitter has to say about the next few games, next month about Ilya Samsonov. Patrick Line out three to four weeks for Columbus with an elbow sprain during their season opening loss to Carolina. That really, that's insult to injury. Line A, I respect the hell out of, has always bet on himself taking the short-term deals uh, in Winnipeg and in Columbus, seemingly, you know, secured somewhat of a bag this season for with Columbus to be there for several years, and boom, home opener, out three to four weeks with an elbow sprain. I mean, tough. That's how the cookie crumbles, and that's the hazard and the risk that you take when you don't go for the long contracts right off the bat. Matheson is also out eight weeks for the Canadians with an abdominal sprain in preseason. And honestly, folks, that's really all I got for league news. It's a pretty early season, and we've got a ton to talk about. 
in the Washington wraparound. But first, I do have to pay the bills. So, hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. So, of course, you want to bet for the Caps. Not against them. They're going to turn it around and bet against the Penguins, always. I promise the money's there. If that wasn't good enough, or that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility requirements or restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Washington Capitals and the, and the week that they had. All right, Caps fans, for the uh, for the Washington wraparound this week, there's a ton of stuff. Um, unfortunately, we saw the, at the beginning of the week, Leeson and Axel Johnson-Fial be claimed off of waivers. Leeson was taken by Anaheim, and AJF went to the Jets. Both of those guys are probably going to be NHLers. I'm not sure what exactly shakes out, but it already looks like um, Axel Johnson-Fialbe will eventually crack the lineup in the show, and good good for him. I mean, honestly, the, this is a player that we had to, you know, basically ping-pong back and forth through the waiver wire. There was a ton of interest in this dude. I'm glad to see that these players are at least getting a shot to play and, and, you know, live their dream. I think the Caps have fucked around for too long on them. And, you know, if, if it's, it's at this point, it should be clear that they're not a totally right fit and they should be given the opportunity to go elsewhere. Now, an interesting part of this whole thing was that, um, you know, to replace this type of this this loss, the Caps did claim Sonny Milano off waivers from Anaheim for 750k league minimum. I like this move. Uh, it means we can bring him up and down uh, when we get him, and uh, you know it's it's just an awesome thing to to see such an undervalued player who I think everyone thought was going to land in Calgary and, and probably stay there ends up. Uh, Calgary didn't like him much for for whatever reason. They're looking pretty deep, and they ended up not qualifying him or anything. They just let him go. He hit the waiver wire, and, and we claimed him. He's 26, so real young. Uh, he's a decent player in Anaheim, but apparently fell, fell out of favor. Uh, he was part of that uh, Troy Terry Zegris core last season. Um, he was a 16th overall first rounder in 2014 for Columbus, and 81 points in 197 games. 34 points in his longest uh, stint in the NHL of 64, 66 games, which was last season. Um, you know, I'm not sure what... I mean, uh, of course, the teams that had him before were probably looking at him to do more than, than what he could deliver, you know, as a young guy. You know, you're looking at Columbus using their first-round pick. They're hoping that this guy can be can answer more questions than he probably could. And in Anaheim, the same kind of kind of deal happened. I had thought that there was some good chemistry between you know him and Zegris and Troy Terry. I believe he was the guy that batted in that over the net uh, 
assist that Zegris had last year, you know, doing all that young kid showboating. Um, but uh, he's a bit unproven. And, you know, even though he's played almost 200 games in the NHL, they've all been spread out over several years. Sometimes he'd only get a few games a season. And his longest stint, like I said, was only 66 games in last season. So still kind of an AHLer. Uh, would love to see him make an impact in this Caps team. I definitely think that guys in the locker room who are in the Caps locker room now, like Protoss and Snively and McMichael, I think that they're looking at that and saying, wow, that's even more com- competition internally that I need to battle through. So we'll see how that works out. But let's get into some games here. On Wednesday, on the 12th, we had Boston at home, and that was a bit of a shit show. It was a 5-2 loss. You know, we knew – you always know what you're going to get when you're playing Boston, right? I mean, it's defensively stout team, team defense, uh, has a scoring touch. You know, if you let them hang around for too long, they're definitely going to make you pay. Uh, I missed all this game except for uh, five minutes of the first, but uh, the boys were looking a bit disjointed as, as Bergeron scores on the power play and Pasternak put in a sneaky one coming off the boards, besting Dylan Strom, unfortunately, into the inside. It was a good, strong, powerful play by Pasternak. Um, and Darcy Kemper just let it slip under his pads through a pretty heavy screen. The second period started strong. The breakout has been a suspect for the Washington Capitals, and the Boston rush and a nice uh, passing play resulted in in a hall goal. But shortly after, um, a breakout goes smoothly, finally, and Strom rushes in, dangles, and dishes, uh, almost loses this puck, and almost gets the pass picked off, but as luck would have it, got it right to the tape of Anthony Mantha, Anthony Mantha Ray, if you will, and he buried like a perfect cross-crease pass. Uh, really nice play, almost didn't happen, because like I said, Strom fumbled a bit, but showed a lot of poise to regain control and, and dish to Mantha. You know, Dylan Strom is a young guy still, but he really skates with a lot of maturity, so I, I like it, I like it, and he sees the ice well. Later in the period, uh, Shiri has just a roller coaster of a shift where he turns the puck over in the offensive zone, then gets right back to work, blocks a Pasternak shot, and goes down an odd man rush. No pass, just buries it. Uh, I on Olman, I believe, uh, uh, Olman for the uh, for the Boston Bruins. So love to see it. Uh, Connor Shiri in in midseason form on that fourth line. He seems to be one of those guys who's being a bit of a mismatch for teams, and we'll get into that a little bit more as we continue. The Caps did continue some sloppy play, uh, a bit of a revolving door into the penalty box until the end of the third where Carlson lost his man on a rush, and it led to a Krejci goal. Now, you know, the the names that we're talking about on Boston, Krejci, uh, Pasternak, Bergeron, but really Bergeron and Krejci were guys that were in question, you know, were they going to be done with hockey? Were they going to not wear the the Bruins sweater this year? Came back for like one year piece, I believe, on some team-friendly deals. And uh, they're back in the lineup and <laughs> doesn't seem like they've missed a beat. They're definitely not too old to be playing in this league. So overall, this game's pretty sloppy. The breakout was disjointed, not enough urgency, and the passing was also sloppy. You know, not very crisp. There are times we could have shot but passed instead. The power play was terrible, uh, dead ofer on the night. It was uh, it was a tough, tough game to watch, but it was the first one 
with these new guys playing at game speed. Uh, we've got new guys up and down the lineup. I don't think there's a single line that doesn't have a new face on it. So time to learn from it and move on because literally the next night we're in Toronto where we drop the ball again on a 2-3 loss. So as of this point, we're 0-2. Both teams in, uh, on Thursday came into this matchup having played the night before and both were pretty butthurt. But I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs were more butthurt as this was a close game that they played against the Canadiens right before this this matchup with Washington. And with the game in hand, they did everything to to lose it, really. I mean, um, it looked like it, it was in the bag. The Canadians come storming back, score a couple of late goals, and take the win. So everybody's got a chip on their shoulder coming in here. Um, this is one I didn't get to watch at a, at a game of my own, but I watched the replays and, and the recaps and read a little bit about it. It looked like Samsonov was, you know, up to his his... Washington Capitals form let in a leaky goal um, on Mojo. Uh, that Mojo shot was far side. Samsonov's got to have that. That goes like inside the blocker in between the arm and the body. That's really tough to give up. Uh, and then Toronto kind of took over and dominated play and scoring the last two periods to win. There were some good takeaways were that our bottom two lines and, and Charlie Lindgren, you know, looked really good. Like he looked like he had something to prove. So bottom two lines, getting some scoring. Love to see that. And just love to see our power play and the rest of the team get on board. Um, and also, you know, our goaltending, I don't think has been the problem these past two games. So all positive signs for longevity here, though, I think our defense is a little rough around the edges. On Saturday, <clears throat> on the 15th, we're at home against Montreal, and that was a 3-1 win. All the scoring came in the middle frame. Uh, I also didn't get to watch this one. Sorry, I was at a wedding. Um, but Nick Suzuki, who's a stud and their captain, potted his first goal, which was followed by three from the good guys in the second frame. Sherry, Mantha Ray, and Oshi all scored within six minutes of each other, or about six minutes from within each other, uh, in the second. And that's all we needed to win. You know, typical Caps hockey, play hard for 10 minutes and win. Uh, that's not going to get us deep into the postseason, but it's good enough for a regular season win. And right now, points are going to be incredibly important, especially with all these new faces, a new goaltending tandem. Got to get the points where we can. The Habs did come storming back in the third, and that included, uh, you know, just burying us, absolutely shelling us in shots, and a little uh, Mantha Tilly. <laughs> I loved, I loved to see Anthony Mantha just getting a little gritty there. Uh, it wasn't exactly a haymaker throwing. He matched up with a guy and basically shoved him to the ice, but good to see that that was just, you know, three minutes left in the game. You're not going to take any shit. I uh, love to see the guys playing with a little bit of edge there. Unfortunately, we did see a couple missed empty netters, including Ovechkin missing one right off the right post. Uh, so that was a little heartbreaking, but it was still a win. Um, finally, we also did get to see Oshi score on the power play. So third game in, power play was like going over in double digits uh, or about to, and Oshi finally buries a nice power play goal, a little handsy move. Love to see it. Uh, glad to see that uh, that the power play is off 
off the schneid, if you will. And then at the end of the game, <laughs> there's a bit of a tilly. All started by what seemed to be Nick Dowd talking shit to Gallagher, who took exception and went absolutely haywire. The good thing about Gallagher is he's a he's a very small man. <laughs> so that turned into a big scrum in the middle of the ice. Um, everybody was involved, kind of moving things around, and and the teams eventually took a took their time and and aired their grievances and got the hell off the ice with the Caps uh, being the victors. I would say the Caps did get lucky, though. Uh, to get out of the third unscathed, the Habs hit two posts, and they owned the shot totals uh, in that frame. So I don't know if it was a just lack of execution coupled with the Habs, you know, really trying to win. You know, they're a young team. They've got a lot of – they've got some – some good guys on that team that can really make a difference, especially that first line with Suzuki. Um, uh, he hit post. I'm just glad that, that the Caps got a little lucky and got out with a two-goal difference lead uh, and, and the eventual win. I do have some takeaways for this week. Uh, and, you know, keep in mind, Caps fans, it's not time to hit the panic button yet. Yeah, but panic button yet. Mm. It's first week of the season. We got a really shitty draw out the gate, having to play Boston and back to back with Toronto. You know, none of those games are absolute blowouts. It's not like, you know, we lost like seven to nothing, you know, like we did, like we put a spanking on the Bruins a couple years ago in a home opener. Um, it, it was, Sloppy, but that's to be expected. These guys have never played game speed together. Uh, there's new faces in the lineup, up and down the lineup. There's two new goalies. Uh, the only people who really didn't have a huge uh, turnover was the D. And <laughs> as it were, I thought the D was the most lacking this week. Um, you know... Could it be a sign of aging? I think it's far too early to completely throw the entire team out with the bathwater, if you will, or even the whole defense out with the bathwater. We have two new goalies. The forwards are all new, which could contribute to some breakout kerfuffles. And, you know, the defense is kind of sitting there like, well, we're the same. Like, we're, we should be able to play the same. And that just wasn't the case. So... Would would love to see that them kind of figure it out, not get beat bat to the net. That's always uh, troubling, you know. When your defense, when your defensemen, especially your your big guys like Orlov and John Carlson and Faviari, when you start seeing guys beat them to the net, that's not generally like a systematic thing. That's just an execution thing. That's just the the Deuce needs to stop watching the play happen and get in the mix. Um, so they seemed a little disjointed, but again, let's. Let's all pump the brakes a little bit and give them some time to figure it out. Though I will admit, slightly alarming. Uh, we know they're better than this, and, and I think that eventually they'll show it. <laughs> Just hopefully it's not too late. Uh, some positives, though, coming out of, coming out of our first week. <clears throat> Glad to see the new faces instantly contributing. Gustafson, a defenseman's got two points already. Uh, Strom has multiple assists as well. Uh, and Connor Sherry's been on a fucking heater on that fourth line. I don't know if that's like a mismatch with for his skill level, um, for his audacity. I don't know what it is, 
But Connor Sheary is is getting the puck on his stick and he's getting some some good looks at the net, which have gone in. Now, is that sustainable to have those bottom two lines, you know, carrying the team? I would say no. But again, you know, let's give them time to warm up, folks. They're going to be able to to the the first line, you know, is eventually in the second line as well, as we saw with the Canadiens, is going to start contributing and starting to bury the puck. Uh, now, if we can just see moving forward and looking forward, if we can keep that power play scoring and our top line getting involved, you know, Kuznetsov seems to be having a bit of a slow start, hasn't been great out the gate. But remember, we were about to trade that guy. He comes back last season and has an absolute amazing season, was one of the best players night in and night out for the Washington Capitals. He can He can be that player. He just needs to find that consistency this year. And he's done it before, so there's no reason to think that he won't do it again. Obviously, it's easier said than done, but we've got a whole nother week of hockey. There's three games next week uh, against some seemingly easier teams. Hopefully, he can get his muffins in on that one. A few cupcake matchups, sort of. Um, I like the uh, I like the offense. Like I said, power play, keep churning. First line, start burying the puck. Love to see an Ovechkin goal. It's, it's been three games that he hasn't had one. He's rung one off the post. But all in all, Ovechkin looks to be coming a little bit higher on that uh, on that that left shot at the top of the circles. You know, I think that we noticed that he was starting to get a little bit closer, ever so ever so closer to the net as he started to age. But he looks like he's kind of starting back out at the top of the circles, which is good. And the shot's still there. You know, again, we've said it before. I'll say it again. You can't teach that shot. He's super gifted in that category. They're going to start falling in for him. Um, the big questions for me, like I said, would be if our defense is going to be able to step their game up, figure things out, start being the uh, shutdown and puck moving core that we've seen in the past. And I would love to see our attendees have just a couple more great games to continue to, to ride high on that confidence. Uh, they've proven that they're here to play, and I think that that really puts the locker room at ease. So let's uh, let's capitalize on that and get them some more wins and keep that confidence high. Next week, or this week, I should say, Monday, today, 7 p.m. versus Vancouver at home. Vancouver has had uh, a really bad start to the season. Um, it looks like that might be a pretty easy matchup. I think it's actually going to be the easiest matchup this week. Let's get in. Let's let's unfortunately, I hate to say it, but let's deprive Bruce Boudreaux of that 600th win uh, as a as a head coach. And you know, let's put the women and children to bed when it comes to Vancouver. And then Thursday, 7 p.m. at Ottawa. So battle of the Capitals in the Canadian capital. Now Ottawa is, is a wild card here. They you know, it's really easy to laugh at the Ottawa Senators and say that they're going to be shit this year, but they've done a lot of really good stuff. You know, they got Claude Giroux, they added some guys. I think that, um, and, and the consensus for a lot of the hockey writers out there is that Ottawa is going to be a lot better than people think. So that's going to be a challenge for sure. We're going to be in their barn. Um, you know, we're going all the way up to Canada where it's probably already pretty freaking cold. So, We'll see how the boys do there. Would love to get a win there. And then Saturday, 7 p.m., back at home 
against the LA Kings. Now the LA Kings have been doing pretty well. I think that they're an underrated team out West. Now, are they, are they, do they have a real shot at, you know, a cup? Probably not, but are they, do they hold upset power? Yeah. I mean, every other, every team in the NHL holds that, but I definitely think LA has, has a little bit more juice again than, than people thought coming into this season. So can't sleep on those last two matchups. Would love to see us go undefeated this week, but I'm going to say we're going to go one in two. All right. And everybody chill out. We're only, we're going to end the, in the week, a total, a cumulative total of two and four. That's going to be a really tough start for the Washington Capitals in the first two weeks. But I think that we're going to be able to absorb it through the middle of the season, start getting guys acclimated. I'm not ready to hit the panic button, even if we only get one win out of this next week. Let's take our licks now. Let's figure it out. And let's catch fire down the stretch. In previous seasons, we haven't even had to play down the stretch. You know, we could literally skate on our ass and mail it in and still make the playoffs. The problem with that is, though, you get lackadaisical going into the playoffs and you're, you go in with that kind of, you haven't had to really exert yourself or, or be pushed or really play for anything in the last month. So having to flip that switch is incredibly hard. I really don't think that any team in the NHL can just flip a switch and, and say, oh, well, now we're playing for real. Um, I guess that the only team that would be coming even close to that would be the Tampa Bay Lightning that can, that I've seen do that. But for the most part, we would love to see the Caps flip the script a little bit, catch fire down the stretch because they needed to get into the playoffs and get at least into the second round would be uh, super positive for me. Um, and then also have Ovi score like 55 goals. So, you know, honestly, the, the, the wish list for hockey troll is so short. I don't see why the hockey gods wouldn't be able to deliver that. Uh, so caps fans, that's, that's today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Hope that, by Thursday, when I have Samantha Pell on, that we're looking at an undefeated week and that she is has made it to Ottawa, first of all, with uh, no travel debacles and is, uh, you know, going to be watching a win here in the Canadian capital. Love to see it. I would hope to see it. And then let us finish up the week with, with another win and move on. But like I said, I'm being very conservative. Maybe I'm playing, doing my little reverse psychology thing that I did last season where whenever I said the Caps were going to do bad, they did amazing. Who knows? You know, I've never been wrong. So this is really just another example of that. Until until Thursday, though, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with me. And we'll see you on Thursday. Please tune in. It was an awesome conversation with Samantha Pell. I think that a lot of her interviews are really like hockey based. A lot of people are, are always firing hockey questions at her, but we do get, uh, to know a little bit about her as a person, a little bit more on Thursday. And, and we hope to see you there until Thursday. It's me, Hockey Troll, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.